On. Good morning, uh, listeners. Welcome to this week's news from the drug war front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, and The Connection, which provides uh, similar services to First Nations clients. And uh, I'm, my name's Jeff. We're in Studio One at 2XX, 98.3 FM, and as ever, my co-producer is Marion. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, listeners. Um, geez, especially hello, Linda. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jack and Peter. Editorial comment. I just and sorry, Jack. We're not going to be able to do your song. I uh, shouldn't promise things. Shouldn't promise things. Make promises I can't keep. Um, Next hi, week. Mel and Brett. Hello, everybody. It's summer nearly. We have warm weather outside. Well, it's warm, but it's sort of windy as well. Windy as all yeah. get up. Wow! I even saw willy willies this morning. Yeah, wow. little. Swirls of um, particularly blossoms, of oh, course. Oh, those sort of white things that come out. off the... Yeah. 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 I Plane grew trees. up, everybody knew what they were in the old days. They're Small cool. tornadoes, tiny weenie tornadoes, that just dust storms, little individual dust storms. Yeah, I think they called those little white things that came off the trees plane trees. Yes. They were planted in St Kilda Road all yep, the way yep. along and... Come, you know, a wind in yep. spring, they'd be everywhere. Yeah, so you growing up in Victoria, that's what um, you well, remember. Used well, to, maturing in Victoria, actually, in Melbourne. Well, I think they say Melbourne and Canberra are two of the worst places for allergies and um, hay fever. And certainly, certainly the ACT is a doozy for it. Very dry weather with lots of grasses and yeah. nicks. But my son's face used to blow up every spring because in Turner... He used to go to Turner Primary. Right. And the uh, trees around there and the grasses around there were prolific. And in spring, his face would just blow up bright red. It was just poor thing. I felt so sorry for him. But he grew out of it. Um, and some people oh, don't. Like yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like my younger sister who had asthma, but grew out of it. Yeah. You, anyway, look, it. we probably should get on to karma and the connection and, and uh, our organisation that we uh, represent, Karma and the Connection, provide a wide range of services, harm reduction services they are, um, like advocacy, peer treatment support, opioid maintenance treatment, hep C treatment education, art therapy, support groups, rehab services, dealing with stigma and discrimination, in particular mentoring and referrals, above all Karma and the Connection are harm reduction services. Uh, they're co-located in Belconnen at the Churches Centre, Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. And the drop-in hours are 10am to 4pm, Monday to Friday. You can ring them on the landline 6253 or email them at karma at info at Karma provides a whole range of services that we're not. I'm not going to tell you about right now because you can find those out if you call us. Um, or but check it's the really, website. They're all on the website. They're yeah. all on the website and we do it every week. We tell you every week what they do and we need to talk particularly about uh, the drug checking service we have in Canberra because we're getting into, um, we're getting into the season where... Kids are going to be dying. We already had two deaths over the weekend. Well, that was one of the important stories. Yeah, that, from um, uh, from um, t from a sorry concert, um, and that was unfortunate. And we've had some information come through. Um, Cantest has been providing us with information for the last yeah, twelve months um, about the quality of services. And the interesting thing about the the uh, 
the segment on News Breakfast yesterday morning is that they had some footage of the drug checking service and how much is required, how much drug is required for them to be able to test it and is a it's not much, is small it? yeah. amount, a tiny scraping of a pill, Jeffrey, Or even and powders because we were worried that a lot of just, powder users would Yes, and think. people have been asking me all week how much do they need because they're unwilling to surrender an entire pill. But if you surrender an entire pill, they'll scrape the surface of it, surface of it and hand it back to you. You can dispose of it in when, which in whichever way you wish once you find out what's in it. But the thing is, find out what's in it. Find out what's in your drugs. Um, the Cantest uh, service is available 3pm to 6pm on Thursday and 6 to 9 on Friday evenings. Uh, it's at One More Street in Canberra City and it's a really useful and important service and everybody should have one. Otherwise, we're going to end up with deaths all summer. New South Wales is saying they're not going to do it till not they have the drug it. summit. summit? What? What? Why? Sometime end of next year or something. Or well, they haven't even settled a date, I no. don't think, Jeffrey, for the drug summit. So, And we have information on how valuable it can be. Why wait? Why wait? Now we have the info. Now we have the facts. There's enormous amount of evidence saying how effective it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know. And that people are disposing of drugs if they find they're not what they're expecting. Yeah. If and they know what quality their drugs are. Absolutely. If they're going to overdose have adverse reactions, you know, if they're not getting what they're expecting, they can make a decision on what they're going to do with the drugs. Lots of people might think they don't want to know if what they're getting is what they've been been getting. And somebody said to this to me a couple of days ago, I don't really want to know. What I've been getting is what I'm used to. Oh. Yeah, so it was an interesting... Um, so rather not know the me, truth, they or... don't want to know anymore because what they're getting is what they have been getting and they're used to it. Okay. And if it's going to be disappointing, they don't want to know, so they rather not get it checked. I don't like to use in ignorance. I'd prefer to know what's but, really going on. Yeah. But it's an interesting concept, and I think that people need to consider their positions and consider. If they trust the source or if it's a new source or even if it is an old source with a new drug. But if you can find out what's in your drugs and you are not in a rush to use it, that is if you don't have a dependence and you have a residual amount, why not get it checked? Absolutely. And it should be a straight away. Just sense. I mean, it should be a responsibility. It's funny you mention that, Marion, because I was in a bit of a, um, not an argument, but a, you know. Discussion. Discuss heated debate. Heated debate <laughs> uh, on the Facebook page for the uh, site that was started, I think, by a Greens Member of Parliament in New South Wales called Sniff Off. Oh, yes. Where they post pictures of where the dogs the dogs and the pl their handlers are yep. come, you know, harassing people at stations or yeah. public parks and things in like New that. In New South Wales in particular. And yep. someone was saying, well, what what rights are they are being abused? Because I was saying, well, I said, well, the fact there's a, a court case going through about um, underage girls not being um, strip searched by female officers. Yeah, and for a kickoff. Yeah, and that's just one. That's well, that's just one. Yeah, and also I think I read a figure that something like sixty percent of police weren't actually fully familiar with their own protocol. And I think I mentioned that last week, Jeffrey. They did. haven't been trained in how to search people appropriately, let alone strip search them in public, which is pretty obscene. I mean, how humiliating, how degrading, how, and and why are they being targeted because of what they look like? 
how their makeup is. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. Is it is a physical determination of whether they deserve to be strip searched, or is it everybody that attends a music festival? Because they'd be exhausted if that was the way they selected their people for yeah. uh, searching, for strip searching. Yeah, another guy had a go at me for saying, oh, what, want them to just sit on their bums and do nothing. They've got a job to do. And I said, where did I say anything about poli- police not doing, doing the job? Doing nothing, Doing yeah. the job they're directed to. I'm not aiming. It's about, direct- and where they have a discretion, it's about selectively applying the law, isn't mm. it? I mean, the laws are huge. The, the Crimes Act is an enormous it's thing. Huge. There are a whole range of things they could be doing, which is not only about drugs, but drugs is the, it seems to be the flavour of the month. So, But it's not the flavour of the month in a positive sense. It's a how do we pick people who look like drug users, and that's really stigmatising and discriminatory. And dangerous. And every year we have people dying and of when, thing, you, when you're alienating people at the rate that they are, yes. That was on ABC News thing. early in the morning, which we'll get to. But um, just, just as a way of um, just f- fleshing out exactly what we're aiming to do with this um, program. Is, mm. And this is what I said to this guy at the end of the conversation. I said, look, I don't want to go into a he said, she said, you know, war of words. Um, clearly, you, you need to read a little bit about the <laughs> failure of prohibition and, you know, that... Yes, there is something about um, if you if you know if you don't know, vote no. Yes, is that, is that not silly? Isn't it? If you don't know, find out. Wouldn't that be the obvious? I would have thought so. Choice. It's amazing how many people don't stay ignorant. Just stay. Yeah, that's right. Um, they they just come to a position hmm. not based out of facts or reading or hearing both points of view. Keep your mind open. Keep your mind open, and that's one of the points of this. Um, show. We're not mm. saying go out and become a, a drug dealer. We're saying... Or a drug user or, even. Or a drug yeah. user yeah. even. Find um, out. Get the facts. Yeah. Find out and what's going on. And do it as safely on. as possible and, and be around for your friends with naloxone if they're using opiates Absolutely. alone. There's a lot of things that can be done that can save people from senseless deaths. And pill testing or drug checking at a music festival has been proven. Had, to be a, a harm reduction strategy. Well, we had Trials here at Groove in the Moo. The evidence came in saying it was a great success. And now, okay, it's only open six hours a week, but it's Friday, um, was it? Thursday, three to six. Yep. And Friday, six to nine. That's right. Mm. Now, I'd like to see more hours, but um, it's it's all? a good start. And the, and the brilliant thing about it is that it provides a monthly list of how many people have come in, yep. what drugs they've presented for testing, what purity there is and what it's been adulterated with. Mm. because um, And the fact that they're actually being presented with drugs that are not drugs or well, not, that, not known drugs, not known chemicals, combinations, yes? Well, that was so another, interesting. another classic of this guy who I was chatting with on Facebook saying, um, well, uh, you know, consequence, every action has a consequence and the, the things they're taking are made by um, drug manufacturers. Mm, I saying, <laughs> they're made, yeah, but they're made by the black market mm. who are seeking to make maximum money. That's right. They well, mean, they want the whole the motivation is profit. Exactly. Not well-being. No. Our motivation is well-being because we're not going to certainly not going to make profit out of providing a non-government service. But the point is, we want to get information out to the population, get them 
talking about it. Talking and thinking about it. Discussing it. Be open about it. Don't discriminate. Do not slam people for their behaviour. Love them for who they are. Just because you don't like the behaviour doesn't mean they're not likeable person. And certainly don't wish them an early death because Absolutely. everything you do has consequences. And, you know, don't Can we themselves. go back to this article? Oh, do you, maybe do you want to do the disclaimer, well, Jeffrey? Yeah, yeah, look, um, reports we... and news stories from this program that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world um, have many articles featured that come from other sources, including the mainstream media, often mm. negatively uh, uh, biased. The contents of uh, this broadcast slash podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Karma and the Connection. Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use happens and will continue to happen regardless of laws and UN conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. So it's an all-round holistic approach. Mm. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision um, of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic health care. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. And one of the things where that really came to the fore, and Sean was during the COVID lockdown. Indeed. And the great work that... Um, that Karma did in supporting and looking after people who were well, drug needed. users who were also infected with COVID. And who needed and, their... And needed 24-7 care. Yeah. And, and Karma um, provided teams of people to do that, There yes. were places that were declared red zones where, you know, the people there... You know, it was not without some risk that Karma staff put themselves in. Indeed. For, it was for a, the, the greater good. It was a, But it was a great service and it was really useful. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. All right, will we play the song you've picked? I think Give we it. should play the song. I think this is really relevant. Simply, but look, it's The Voice. It's, you know, John Farnham and The Voice. Uh, is that the one you're picking? That's the one that I have uh, Great. lined Track up. Great, 17, disc four, The Voice, John Farnham. I mean, it's a classic song, everyone it's knows. It's a it, fabulous song. I believe I a few it. people have um, not been too happy or burned their CDs. Or, oh, really? Uh, well, yeah, I'm not I sure guess many, there would be no, no voters, maybe? Is that what you're yeah, thinking? I, uh, I would say so. Yeah, I'd, look, it's a it's a great track anyway. Oh, yeah, I love the power of Johnny Farnham's voice, and I love the way it's been applied. And good on him for good um, on him for letting yes it happen. To yeah, let it happen. Yeah.
All right, it's uh, eight minutes till 11 o'clock. You're with uh, Jeff and Marion in the 2XX 98.3 FM uh, studio, People Powered Radio. News from the Drug War Front. News from the Drug War Front. Now, look, I'm not sure whether you mentioned or got through some of this last week's article, but it's mm. prescient given what I've just read on it. Well, it's um, still important, Jeffrey, and it's worth repeating if we did do it last week. Well, just some context about New South Wales and fears that as they enter the music festival scene, hmm. without any um, reform or drug te- uh, pill testing, drug testing, mm. um, drug deaths, uh, a potential to reach a crisis point until the government. Well, the government hasn't set a date, as he said before, for any no. reforms. In fact, the Premier, Chris Minns, has ruled out pill testing ahead of the festival season, which began last Saturday at the Listen Out Festival. And the piece that I'll read after, um, probably after, after the news, um, says that two people were killed over the uh, weekend. One, they say, due to a drug overdose, the other, they're not so sure. I'd- but you oh, can be okay. sure when I heard that when that I was listening, they hadn't confirmed the cause of death. Of, well, I think one of them still okay. a, a bit still up in the open. Suspicious, yeah. This is despite pill testing and decrim being among the recommendations of the ICE inquiry in 2019, mm. um, along with the coroner's report that same year into drug-related deaths of six festival goers between 2017, December and January 2019, which also recommended scrapping sniffer dogs at festivals, which we were talking about just before. No. Well, because people were swallowing whole handfuls of pills, yeah, whatever they had on them, they'd have to consume or throw away or youngsters for fear a fear of being... Of being Strip searched. A phalanx of police and dogs as you go. You just want to have I'm a sorry, good running day with the friends. gamut. Yes. Yeah, run, yeah, running run the gamut of um, police and, and their sniffer dogs. Uh, most of the drug policies of the former government remain in place as Chris Minns has pushed back against any reforms until after uh, the drug summit, which aims to replicate the success of former Labor Premier Bob Carr's 1999 summit. Mm. Going back a fair while to base his policies but, on. Uh, 24 years, Jeff. Uh, and this was after originally pledging to hold the summit in the first six months of uh, winning an election. Uh, he reiterated his position that illicit drugs are illegal, and that's always been the case. And he said previous autopsy to- toxicology reports um, had found that heat and dehydration, dehydration had contributed to deaths at music festivals more than tainted drugs. Well, I'm sorry, I just don't believe no, that. No, I think that I think that's misinterpreting the what was presented in the in the research. Yeah, provide more water and, and cooling and off the spaces. Reports from the coroners. The yeah. coroners said quite clearly hmm. it was the result of the consumption of drugs plus this plus that yep. plus the other. Yeah, but the fundamental cause, dehydrating from dehydration from drug consumption. And you can easily work with that with more mm. water provision and and cool spaces. Uh, Managing Director of the Australian Festival Association said the delay in announcing the summit was disappointing. We'd hoped the summit would be held this year so that pill testing services, if supported, could be rolled out at festivals for this summer. We know the warm weather uh, being predicted is a cause for concern, that the harms from illicit drug use could be higher this summer. President of Harm Reduction Australia and Pill Test in Australia, Gino Vumbaka, said he was also worried about the upcoming festival season. We'd hoped with a change of government there'd be a rethink on this. Yeah. In February, a 26-year-old man died from a suspected drug overdose after attending Transmission Music Festival in Sydney, while earlier this month, a Victorian coroner called for the introduction of pill testing after a man died from a pill with dangerously high concentrations of MDMA. 
Harm Reduction Australia has offered to run a free pill testing trial at any festival of the New South Wales government's choosing, but has been told no decisions will be made until after the drug summit. During its first six months of operation, Canberra's pill testing facility found that more than half the drugs tested contained unexpected substances, leading to one in ten samples being discarded on the site. Von Barker is also worried that sniff drug sniffer dogs, which a coroner found to have been linked to the deaths of at least three young people who attended music festivals between 2017 and 2019, would cause attendees to panic and consume more drugs than planned. As revealed in State Parliament, over 4,000 searches have been conducted following a drug detection dog indication in the first six months of the year, compared with 6,500 in the whole of 2022. More than two-thirds of those searched found no illicit drugs. We're putting uh, people through this very humiliating experience and for some a very traumatic experience for those who might have trauma in their past based on whether the dog sits down beside you, Vumbaka said. The very same practice, as the previous government, will be rolled out at musical festi- music festivals over this summer. A huge concern of mine, this is Vumbaka still quoted, is the continued police harassment. Um, no, I'm sorry, this is not Vumbaka. There is a, there's a different quote, unless it's just that she said, should be he said. A huge concern of mine is the continued police harassment which makes drug taking less safe and does nothing to stop people taking drugs. The government is only going to act on drug reform after a crisis. There was no line item for the summit in Tuesday's budget, though it may be included in the overall $31 billion health budget. Earlier this week, Min said that the government was determined to hold a drug summit, but it had, quote, a lot on its plate. We're committed to doing it. When it's time to announce the next stage of the drug summit, I'll announce it, he yeah, said. Yeah, look, it's very disappointing for people who, who were hopeful that there would be a change after all the reports that were... Just in attitude, if not in, in, in strategy. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a past history of um, youngsters dying at music festivals over the summer. It's not and, like it's never happened. And look, what seems to be coming out is the same line that... <clears throat> I, and it's either that that politicians are afraid of the drugs or have experience with a death, a drug-related death in their family, which is what I say almost every week, that it's in fact a, a, a negative experience with illicit drugs that actually pe- push people towards making these open statements that are negatively as affecting illicit drug users and people as we say at the beginning of the show are going to use illicit drugs whether we like it or not nothing we say is going to convince someone to use drugs all we want to do is get people to discuss it yeah and hopefully and use make it drugs as safe safely. as possible yes. yeah. yeah i think another thing that has happened thanks to all the decades of prohibition is the fear um, of being labelled soft on drugs by yes. mainstream media. Yeah. That is a very powerful tool yep. used um, against a lot, a lot of all politicians um, of all persuasions who might... And, and there is nothing courageous about c- keeping people alive. Because that's not a, an act of courage. That's simply an act of sensibility. Well, I would have thought that was the first act of keep any good children. leader. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it essential that we keep 
young people alive so they can make decisions in future. Well, every year we go to the Families and Friends for Drug Law for drug Reform, law reform uh, at the end of October ceremony yeah. and read out the names of people who've died. And there's always another dozen, yeah. yeah, over the past 12 months. It's sad to see. Chris is going to be speaking this year, which is great. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. so um, we'll give you more details if we get closer. Okay, we're off to the news and then we shall return. Indeed, we will. All right, welcome back to this week's news from the Drug War Front from Studio One, Two Double X, Nine Eight Point Three FM, People Powered Radio, and uh, just following on with the um, sort of context-setting uh, story about the um, upcoming fest- music festival season in uh, Sydney. There's a piece on ABC News from this morning uh, that uh, speaks of a mother of a teenager who died. Um, at a music, Sydney music festival uh, some four years ago, and she's made an emotional plea to the government to introduce pill testing after two more deaths over the weekend. Uh, Jennifer Ross King's 19-year-old daughter of Alex Ross King died at an, from an MDA, MDMA overdose at the FOMO festival in 2019. A coronial inquest found her cause of death to be MDA toxicity and that the teen ingested two capsules before going into the show because she was very nervous about being caught by police. And that is one of the arguments that uh, Sniffoff have made. Ms Ross King and her family have campaigned for active measures to reduce drug-related risks, including pill testing. Quote, the Premier, government and governments before them, they want young people to change their behaviour. They are, going, they are not going to change their behaviour. The government needs to change their behaviour. The state's health minister, uh, Ryan Park, said on um, Monday there was no silver bullet that could prevent uh, drug-related deaths at festivals, but the government was working to make the events as safe as possible. What, by just continuing the same policy of no testing, police dogs at the the gate? Um, It seems uh, like there's nothing new in that. Uh, The calls come after two men in their 20s died after attending the Knockout Outdoor Music Festival in Western Sydney on Saturday. The cause of death are not confirmed, but at least one was suspected of being a drug overdose. Ms Ross King um, expressed her condolences for the loved ones of the deceased. I'm so sorry that you are now in the same position as I am and so many other families unnecessarily. She urged young people to not take drugs and called on the government to listen to the experts. Every time I hear a politician speak, something ridiculous comes out of their mouth, she said. I'm lost for words. What are you so afraid of, Premier? Ms Ross King spoke at a press conference alongside Green's Upper House um, MP, Kate Fairman, on Monday, who challenged policing strategies currently in place. We could put in pill, uh, we could put in place sorry, pill testing now for this summer as we could put in place measures such as not having heavy-handed uh, police response. Heavy police response with drug dogs makes people engage in riskier behaviour, such as ingesting all of their drugs at once, which is what you said earlier, mm. Marion, you know. Yep. People see a, a, you know, sort of gauntlet of... Uh, well, just the uniform intimidates people, Geoffrey, let alone a dozen of them lined up, you know, with two or three drug sniffer dogs next to them. Absolutely. Would be intimidating. Just the anticipation of that kind of stuff promotes really crazy behaviour in people, just thinking what could happen. It and increases the, you know, the, the implications. Risk. Absolutely. Yeah, it increases the risks. And which... people are going to take drugs. It just... We say that all the time. It's going to happen. Absolutely. And for youngsters wanting a, a nice day out, somebody says, yeah, one of these MDA make pills, it'll make you. Yeah. yeah. And this 
police presence just ruins it for them from minute one, yeah, before they even get into the music. Well, as you said, people who had enough for a whole day's um, outing. Or for multiple multiple, people, multiple friends, somebody is is elected to find and buy the drugs and then bring them with them. That's Mm. their contribution to the day out, yeah? Look, if we can't come up with better policies than that, there's something we, There's something wrong. Terrible. We're not thinking properly. Exactly. And look at the overseas evidence too. They've had pill testing all over uh, Europe and... Yes. Wherever in Holland it's been for, provided. It's, I mean, it's even be- your son's been at music festivals, hasn't he? Absolutely. My number two son's been to Portugal, you know, every Portugal. second year and has found that the, you know, facilities have been really useful and utilised. And expected there, yes? Absolutely. Relied upon, and that's really important. When you provide a service, you provide it so that people can rely on it, not only for the provision of facts, but to protect you and your friends from death, accidental death. Well, don't you have a right as a consumer of any product? I would have thought so. the only product that people buy. Um, you know, you buy they, any they, alcohol. They, that's can, right. That they cannot determine what's in it is an illicit drug. Everything it, else can be checked, or yeah. you are entitled to expect it to be relatively pure, yeah. or what you are buying. Yeah, at the standard that the government has set. Yep, but drugs, no, there is no standard because they would simply refuse to allow the drugs to be checked. And the original list, as we've said many times, stems back to 1961. Yes. Ratification and of the UN changed. Special Huge. Convention yeah. on Narcotic Drugs and plus two other um, conventions. And things have changed a lot. Monumentally, haven't I mean, they? And even in the last 12 months, Jeffrey, you know, the... Can test the reports, chem- yeah. Yeah, the chemical construction of so-called drugs that we've been... that people have been uh, procuring... Um, has changed monumentally in the last 40 years. Absolutely. Let alone the last 12 months. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I just always disappointed when uh, I really thought Labor was a a welcome change in the biggest state. did I not say that I'd... I'd Believe it when you saw it. (laughs) uh, Well, no, that I gave myself a public holiday when we had a federal change of government, but... And I expected more from New South Wales, I must admit. From mm. we, I think we were saying when Gladys Berejiklian, you know, ordered that that report, uh, the ICE report, and ca- they came back with 150 recommendations, and she binned it. Yeah. Um, and we were horrified and hoping that when the next, you know, when the change of government occurred, which we were expecting, that things would be different. And so far, no difference. More of the same. That's sad. Yeah, Greens MP Kate Fairman said we could put in place pill testing right now for this summer and we could put in place uh, measures such as not having a heavy-handed police uh, response. Heavy police presence with drug dogs makes people engage in risky behaviour. I think I might have read that. New South Wales Police said 53,000 people attended Knockout Outdoor Music Festival with 27 charged over drug Mm. possession, four for supplying illicit substances. Uh, Ms Annie Madden, Executive Director of Harm Reduction Australia, Describe the fatalities as, quote, unacceptable, unnecessary deaths that are preventable. Mm. Couldn't agree more. She said her subsidiary organisation, Pill Test in Australia, had made, quote, multiple offers to the state government for a free pilot of pill testing in New South Wales. It wasn't even going to cost them money. You know, no. normally politicians say, oh, the budget's not in great shape and we, we can't yeah. afford maybe next year we'll see if we've got any savings, but for free. It could be... Like do, do a test and save lives for free. 
Um, the ACT, of course, introduced a free drug checking, drug checking site, can test in 2022, and the Queensland government's confirmed it will trial a similar, similar program this year. The summer season, the festival season is here. There's no time to waste. There's no time to keep talking about these issues, said Annie Madden. It's time to stop talking and implement pill testing in New South Wales right now. Drug checking would be a better um, well, statement, but nonetheless, I mean, the, the, the activity would, well, the strategy would be initially about drugs or about pills, but the broad spectrum of illicit drugs is what uh, the drug checking facility can make available to its clientele and, and perhaps that's what... But if we're going to concentrate on pill testing, fine, let's concentrate on that in the first instance. Well, the Health Minister's response said he not believe pill testing would uh, be, quote, a fix-all. No one ever said no it was a fix-all. No one said it would be a fix-all. To no. prevent overdoses. We're not offering it as a fix-all. No. We're offering it as a harm reduction strategy. All you can do is educate people to make it as safe as they possibly can. That's the whole concept of harm reduction. Indeed. Um, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. You just, I mean, these are intelligent people who make policy on all sorts of things. Intelligence, and I'm afraid, doesn't equal practicality quite clearly. No one method's going to be a silver bullet that will prevent someone from having a fatality, he said in a press conference on Monday. It's not the case because the way in which someone's body may react to illicit drugs may be different to, to the way someone else does. Indeed. Uh, he said, if we continue to look at everything we can do to make festivals safe as possible, we've had plenty of time, been yeah. in power for a while, yep. had all the pre preamble to the election and your policy manual um, manifesto, etc. It's just been the, the vehement sort of attitude of the Premier to sort of, I get a sense there's a personal animosity towards um, changing. Well, and, and you know, we, as we say regularly on the show, this show, Jeffrey, often it is a subjective assessment of what's going on and because they have had a personal crisis associated with illicit drug use. Well, That's Bob what affects yeah. people in a moral determination on an illicit substance, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, just quickly concludes... Um, Health Minister says, determined to make sure our festival is as safe as possible. Well, he's not determined no, to do that. No, not. These deaths are harrowing, terrible. I can't begin to imagine what these people are going through. No, I can't. Well, maybe send, not trying. send him to talk to the next parents who lose Read there. the report. Well, that'd be a Read start. Read the statements that the parents have already made about how harrowing the experience has been and act on their behalf. Yeah, because there's plenty of... To um, stop their next child from being killed plenty by of illegal drugs. Impact statements at coroners. Absolutely. And I, look, I just think it's um, a lack of uh, moral fortitude maybe or just... Guts. Guts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guts. Um, <laughs> Intestinal fortitude, Jeff. I think moral fibre is the term you are looking for. But, in fact, people would say, I think the people who are not advocating drug checking are talking about a moral perspective. Mm. The fact that a drug is illegal is a fact. Yep. The fact that we can check illicit drugs potentially for their toxicity, yep. for their uh, potential to cause harm is also a fact and the fact that the government refuses to do it is unfortunate not only that it's deadly yeah and it's not creating a sense of trust and, and a faith in the in the new government that's a shame a sin and a shame and in uh, this instance they could have had the trial for free that well so, indeed <laughs> not even a cost 
And they're going back to the New South Wales Drug Summit from 1999, which actually Bob Carr, positively yeah. led to the medically supervised injecting center That's in right. King's Cross, where there hasn't been a single fatality. Yep. And, and the in positive fact, evidence. many referrals to services have been provided, health support and care has been provided. It's been a raging success, whichever way you look at it. Absolutely. I just think... What is it about this um, policy issue that leads to so many just gut reactions with, you know, you know, let them all die? Um, yeah. You know. Um, encouraging drug use. Yeah, encouraging yeah. drug use. It's, it's, I find it actually quite personally depressing. Um, it has, well, it's been personally depressing for what, 60, 70 years, Jeffrey? Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid so. But, um, Anyway, Annie Madden concluded that introducing pill testing this summer would have helped um, reduce people using drugs in the dark. We don't need a drug summit to tell us that pill testing is, an, is effective and safe. We know that already. Mm. So it's, it's just, it's sad, sad but true, that we are ignoring the bleeding obvious and, you know, we need to come up, step up, show up and consider the kids consider that we need people with intelligence and and tenacity to actually fight this fight because we're tired of saying the same thing over and over every week and getting the same bloody response. Well, and just not making headway at all. I mean, there's little... Yeah. Um, two wins. steps. It used to be called the Canberra Crawl, two steps forward, one step back. Oh. Yeah, it was a dance, actually, in my early <laughs> days. Okay. Yeah. Back in the raving Instead of doing the waltz, because we didn't know how to do that, and the boys <laughs> could never get their feet together. Two steps forward, one step back, it's called the Canberra Crawl. But yeah. it's pretty traditional. It's a political dance. <laughs> awesome. Well, I've got a short song, Violent Femmes. Blistering oh, yeah. the sun. Do you want to hear that one? Or? Oh, why not? Why not? It's the Violent Femmes. Even know why my girlfriend, she's at the end. 
the Violent Femmes and uh, Blister in the Sun. It's about 20 minutes after 11 with Jeff and Marion, Studio One of 2XXFM People Powered Radio, Canberra's Community Radio, which is the second oldest community radio station in the country. So mm. shout out to 2XX for supporting our show and all the and, uh, many other original shows that people put their heart and soul into each week. And uh, if you're financial, make a contribution or... And uh, we very much like to see some... Become a, a 2XX member and support our, our and many other shows that are provided um, <clears throat> that are related to social issues and personal issues and just uh, facts of what's going on in the country with a different perspective. Yeah? Well, it's provided Personal a voice, yeah. pun intended. Indeed. <laughs> Which is good. Okay, look, this piece um, is from uh, USA Today. How would you like if a viral TikTok labelled your loved ones zombie-like addicts mm. by Jerry Lynn Utter? If referring to individuals as zombies is not a dehumanising way to describe someone suffering the brain disease of addiction, well, I'm not sure about that, but mm. then please put me in my place. Mainstream and social media carry an extraordinary amount of influence on the public, and that influence as it relates to the dehumanising information shared about people who have been directly affected by the opioid and xylazine crises seems to be everywhere. The most recent article I saw was published September the 12th by the New York Post, titled Shocking Video Shows Zombie-Like Addicts at, a, at Ground Zero of Philadelphia's Trank Epidemic. The article links to a TikTok video getting hundreds of thousands of views for filming individuals on the streets, many of whom seem completely unaware they're even being filmed. Are you allowed to do that? Um, I, well, I think you're allowed to film them. I don't know if you're allowed to show it without, without their consent. But mm. that's, uh, I mean, the estates is a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it, really? Yeah, I suppose to be... Yeah, and if people aren't aware of what they're doing, I think no. That? It's kind of, even if it's uh, if it's legally um, okay to show them, it's ethically a bit dodgy, isn't it? If people are unaware of your presence, well, especially when it's doing. calling them zombie-like addicts, yeah, when could, you're labelling them like could, that, could be any reason that they're not together well, yeah. enough to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this content is severely harmful to humanity, especially those who are documented in these videos. Xylazine is a vet veterinary sedative that has been used to adulterate or lace synthetic opioids, such as illicitly manufactured fentanyl, and has been sold by itself and marketed on the street as, quote, Trank. That's T-R-A-N-Q. Mm. One of the severe side effects of xylazine is that it causes a heavy, heavily sedative effect, leaving folks in an incoherent stupor. The media commonly refers to these individuals as zombies. Seriously? Zombies? Hmm. Dictionary.com describes zombie as, quote, an undead creature with a reanimated human body, typically depicted in science fiction or horror stories, as contagious to the living by bite and vulnerable only to serious head trauma. If that's not a dehumanising way to describe a human being suffering 
uh, a substance use uh, dependency, then please put me in my place. Mm, that's Jerry Lynn Utter by usatoday.com.au, September the 25th. Um, this addiction is a brain disease that does not discriminate. As a licensed clinical psychologist who has roots in the Kensington section of Philadelphia, accompanied by a long history of family member, members who struggle with addiction, this kind of news coverage is helping no one. It's not helping the person who is an act, in active addiction. It's not helping their family members, partners or spouses, and it sure isn't helping to accurately, accurately educate the public on the disease of addiction. Um, addiction is a chronic relapsing mid-brain disease. We have the scientific evidence supporting addiction as a disease. Alcoholics rationalise their drinking. For them, every day must be National Sober Day. The limbic system is an area of our brains that influences our motivations, behaviours and arousal. Drugs like opioids, xylazine, stimulants, i.e. cocaine or crystal meth, nicotine and alcohol overstimulate the limbic system inciting a level of arousal or a high that causes individ the individual to have overbearing cravings or urges that lead to compulsive and often uncontrollable use. The overstimulation of the limbic system shuts down on the prefrontal cortex, the area of your brain that lives behind the forehead and is responsible for making sound judgments and good decisions. When an individual becomes addicted, the prefrontal cortex becomes down-regulated. Essentially, it malfunctions and leaves the individual with a drastically decreased capacity to make sound decisions. This has been researched with extensive brain imaging studies. This mid-brain disease often has a behavioural presentation that manifests as someone with no moral compass. Lying, cheating, manipulating, engaging in dangerous behaviours such as prostitution and retail theft and neglecting themselves and those who depend on them, such as their children. Well, how much of those behaviours is because <coughs> it's a black market use. and it's prohibition? Well, they've got to do in, stuff. Indeed. They never <coughs> actually... And they are unchecked, yes. Yeah. People don't often don't know what they're taking, so they take the, and what happens. Most people do Behaviours, bad yeah. behaviours, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the reality is that you still love the person, you just don't like the behaviour. No, and right. that is a very practical and functional um, distinction to be made. You can like, love someone without liking what they're doing. And that happens in all areas of society or a social interaction. It's a really good or point. Or family yeah, mm. relationships. Anyway, this is uh, the reality and the costs of addiction and it does not discriminate. People in active addiction do and say things that are so far removed from the people we loved before they became addicted and it hurts. It hurts the person in active addiction because they've lost control and have literally lost everything. The party's over and they're no longer using to party or to have fun but to simply exist without feeling overbearingly sick with withdrawal. It also hurts the family and friends who love them. They lose sleep worrying about their loved one in active addiction. They ask themselves what could they have done better to prevent their partner, daughter, son, mum, dad, sister or brother from become addicted. And the truth is probably not much. Well, this is another one of the damages done by the rhetoric of abstinence only. Yes, the one-liners, you know, just good, say no just type say no. story, yeah. is which is an alienating and discriminatory uh, um, approach 
yeah. to addiction or to people using illicit drugs, yeah, well, whether they're addicted or not. The, the one that I always found most depressing was the just let your family member hit rock bottom before. Absolutely. You don't run. catch them. Let them yeah. die first. Yeah. Yes, which is just horrendous. Too late. Too late then. Too late. Just because you don't like the behaviour doesn't mean that it's you should just leave them alone while they're behaving like that. It really, harm reduction is about letting people use drugs safely or helping to use people to use drugs safely, not helping them to use drugs full stop, yeah. but use drugs safely and providing the strategies and the facility to use drugs safely, not giving them the drugs to use, no. but just making sure they don't die in the process. Why is that such a hard thing to do? And also, I think for a lot of people, it's self-medicating to deal with past trauma, a PTSD. Again, who are we to make that distinction. Well, it's they need professional the help. Yeah. Absolutely. It's for the individual to come up to that position. Let's just keep them alive until they can make that um, assessment of their own behaviour. Yeah. Well, we need more of this sort of stuff, like groups that help veterans who come back from war zones. That's true. Who PTSD PTSD. Yeah. Well, it manifests itself in such a variety of very harmful and destructive ways, but we don't alienate these people. We try not to alienate people with PTSD because of the PTSD. It's about accepting that they have it, trying disliking to the behaviour, but providing resources and strategies to overcome those behaviours. I agree. Okay, the piece goes on that this is also family disease. It's as much a family disease as it is a brain disease because it affects everyone in the orbit, in its orbit. I asked the social media exploiters and mainstream media reporters to imagine how they would feel if their son, if, if their or their loved one's photos and videos were plastered next to a headline that reads, shocking video shows zombie-like addicts at ground zero of Philadelphia's trank epidemic. It hurts, doesn't it? Drug decriminalisation isn't working. Oregon voters chose a different approach towards drug, drug decriminalisation. It was not going to work. Kensington might be ground zero for the xylazine epi epidemic, but most individuals who, who are addicted were born and raised in more desirable zip codes before addiction led them to Kensington. Must be the street-using area of Philly. Mm, Philadelphia, yeah. Residents born and raised in the neighbourhood have also been impacted by the devastation of addiction that surrounds them. But I guess the headline for such a story wouldn't be exploitative enough to support the narrative that people who are addicted to synthetic opioids or xylazine are, quote, zombie-like addicts. It doesn't yes. have the same impact to call them no, dependent. We, we, and we've said that. The language is really important, Jeffrey. How you present something and the way you describe it allows people to visualise it, even without the picture of the zombie-like behaviour. Um, the language provides adjectives that can support an image of what drug users look like. Um, and that allows, I guess, police to make their determination on who we should we be searching at festivals. I they look it, like zombies. Do I think they? it allows for a very hard hearted response, doesn't Indeed it? Indeed, it know, does. It provides language. an excuse. Yeah. yeah. And there, there are some very good pieces. Uh, I think Input's got one about the power of language mm. and um, just the damage that it does. Indeed. And that look, this, the last bit of this article is really it says, please do better. Drop the clickbait headlines and these horrific descriptions. Focus on the systemic issues of addiction and the human being who is suffering underneath. It's a really interesting one-liner in itself. Yeah. Yes. When um, 
and I look, Jerry Lynn Utter, um, so. Psychiatrist PhD? He's a Philadelphia-based clinical psychologist, author of the soon-to-be-released Aftershock, How Past Events Shake Up Your Life Today, and director of the new new documentary, Utter Nonsense. It's a really interesting article. It is an interesting article, Mm. and uh, language is incredibly powerful. And Yeah, we have said that before. In fact, the... um, Avil put out a media release, I think, on t- that was actually directed at the media on how they could better describe drug users Indeed. without uh, discriminating or stigmatising language so that we weren't providing um, a, a, um, a, pi- a graphic picture or a graphic for I- graphically imaging um, individuals who use drugs by using adjectives that colour them by virtue of their behaviour. It's really interesting just that that language can be so potent. Well, I think language is especially potent in the issue of drug users and and well, we And we work with language every day that we yeah. come on the radio, Geoffrey. We provide um, images, we hope, for our listeners that allow them to visualise drug users, hopefully in a different way, um, as people, as human beings, mm. not just as zombie-like creatures no. who have no... Uh, mo- no motivation or no ability to make uh, discerning or decisions about their behaviour and how they're impacting their family. But also, I mean, they need to consider that their family are making decisions about their loved one who is uh, drug dependent or drug using and how would they function without that person in their lives? So I often feel that um, some people, some families need someone sick to focus their attention on. And if the drug-using loved one stops using drugs, how does the family hold itself together if they don't have that person to focus on? There's a lot of they complexities. Have to look at the, oh, yeah. <laughs> really have to dig deep on that one, Jeff. Indeed. All <laughs> anyway, right. interesting stuff. I thought I'd play uh, this bill with this song. We've played it before, Ain't No Sunshine, but it's just such oh, a gorgeous song. Oh, I love that song. I was song. hoping that was the one you were going to play. Oh, cool. Well, it is. Yeah. Warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Sunshine when she's gone, and this house just ain't no home. Anytime she goes away, and I know, 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 I know. Sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone 
That was Bill Withers and uh, Anna Sunshine, a classic song. I love that song. Yeah, mm. it's 11.36. Uh, you're with Jeff and Marion. This is news from the drug war front, brought to you by Karma, the sure. Cam- Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation Advocacy and the Connection Canberra Service for First Nations people. Okay, we're going to look at a piece that's um, a little bit old, September 22nd, and it's from the Daily Mail Australia, but it's good to hear how the... Uh, that well, pers- it gives us a little bit of results on, on from the um, Richmond's uh, safe injecting room too, which is handy. It still uses zombie land uh, language, but anyway. Yes, yeah, so it's a continuation of the zombie theme. <laughs> it does seem to be. Inside Melbourne's real-life zombie land drug hellscape, disturbing images show the extent of the drug crisis as addicts shoot up in broad daylight by David Southwell, Daily Mail Australia, September 22. Community activists are gearing up to fight plans to create a $1.7 million fenced-off garden area in front of a controversial injecting room that they say will become a haven for drug users and dealers. Melbourne is the highest level of heroin, ketamine and fentanyl consumption of any Australian capital city, according to the latest wastewater data from the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission. And I wonder about the accuracy of that. Always we will. I always wonder about the accuracy of wastewater data collection. And and the cost of it. I mean, how many harm reduction services or... Could we have provided for the... to test... instead of testing the wastewater in a city, capital city, Yes, absolutely, Jeffrey. Uh, since question. it opened back in 2018, the, the medically supervised uh, drug injecting room, or MCA, in the inner city eastern suburb, suburb of Richmond on Lanark Street, has become a magnet for controversy, especially as it is located across the road from a primary school. The room's defenders, including Premier Don Andrew, Dan Andrews, well, ex-Premier. Ex-Premier, yes, he, I was just um, thinking that. resigned sort of suddenly with effect last Wednesday. Mm. Uh, point to re- uh, review findings that said it had successfully managed almost 6,000 overdoses since it opened in June 2018 and it saved 63 lives with no one dying in the centre. Well, that's the key thing, isn't it? It's the same with the King's Cross Centre. Oh, look, I'm interested in the 6,000 overdoses that it's managed successfully. I think that's really good. It's brilliant. Yeah. However, some locals say near uncontrolled... No- say, near uncontrolled and open drug use has spilled into the suburban surrounds, leading to a menacing, unpredictable and squalid environment littered with drug paraphernalia and turned the area into a zombie land. Richmond local Sharon, 58, said building a gated uh, garden area at the front of the injecting room would only issue more of an invitation to dealers and drug users to congregate there in an area notorious for open injecting and trafficking. So it's already happening there. So yeah, And okay. it has been since 2018 yeah. and someone's going around. And probably prior to that too, Jeffrey. I'm thinking. Well, Richmond was always uh, an area for street-based... Uh, drug use. Yeah, and yeah. around the... Or drug, drug use or drug exchange. Well, a bit of both. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, she shared photos with Daily Mail Australia of the area surrounding the drug injecting room that she claims were taken between July and September. Mm. It's just uh, going to provide a place for junkies to deal, to use, to have sex, to have all so- do all sorts of oh, things get behind out a fence. Of here. I mean, what else do a, a cult, a cult the ritual garden. or 
I mean... They're having sex in the garden. Okay. But see, this you can see why this sort of coverage hardens the heart of Indeed. ordinary people who aren't informed. It's a horror... Look, the activities and the quotes, I mean, it's just horrible. I'd love to have a picture, a dated picture, yes, to see actually what's going on behind the scenes with this statement article. Keep well, going. it's very easy to sensationalise and um, come out with this sort of stuff. Uh, it's happening because we're constantly complaining about the open injecting that people do against the room's front door, against the wall down the side. So they should have thought of this, thought of, well, fixing the problem. Let's just hide them behind a big fence. By putting up a fence and shelter and seating, it actually provides a nice place for them to hang out. But they don't just get it. They don't listen. People are going to use that side and perhaps overdose. But they won't. Look, sorry. Ms Nevin said a friend who lives opposite the injecting room is absolutely terrified by the proposal. I'll bet. Um, She already experiences horrific stuff on a daily basis, people injecting or defecating near her front door. Dogs do that too, Geoffrey. Ms Nevin also worried that the fenced area would be a no-go zone from police who already make it their practice not to arrest people for drug possession in the immediate vicinity of the Melbourne safe injecting room. Ms Nevin said there had been recent two, there had been two recent stabbings in the Richmond area, one fatal by known users of the injecting room. That's in quotes. By known users is in quotes. The project has been approved by the North Richmond Community Health uh, which runs both the M, the Melbourne Safe Injecting Room as well as General Health and Maternity Services in an adjacent building, the City of Yarra Council and the Victorian Government. Construction on the new garden area and a new diagonal footpath to the front door of the health clinics to replace a path that runs parallel to the injecting room will begin in next February and is expected to be completed by June. She claimed... All the new proposal would do would welcome violent and aggressive drug users to stay, stay all night, stay all night. I'm sorry, <laughs> I disagree with that. Yeah. They see this wonderful vision and what we see as reality. It's going to be gratified, pissed upon, she said. Ms Nevin also claimed that there had been no chance for locals to comment on the proposal until it leaked out in August. No one in the community had heard of it, she claimed, despite the North Richmond Community Health website stating there was community and stakeholder consultation on the draft plans in July and August of 2022. A spokesman for the service told Daily Mail Australia on Thursday that the proposal was, quote, a response to community feedback which highlighted a desire to improve the grounds surrounding the facility and to improve the health and wellness outcomes for the community I'm su- suspicious, Geoffrey, that there was probably nothing this place could do mm. no. that that w- would satisfy this person that was not no. going to be negatively commented upon and you'd find someone to bitch about it. If you're hard set in no matter a negative what you opinion, do. it doesn't yep. matter. Um, based upon the, the uh, quote goes on, based upon these initial engagement, our design team drafted plans to prov- improved, that improved the landscaping and facilities surrounding the uh, North Richmond Community Health Buildings and increase our ability to provide care, support and services for clients and community in an enhanced outdoor space, a spokesperson said. The spokesperson said the draft master plan was presented for feedback through several community and stakeholder consultation and activities in 2022 and those, quote, activities were advertised widely and were well attended. 
Ms Nevin is organising flyers oppose the fending, opposing the fence, fenced garden, I think that's meant to be, not fended garden, to be distributed in the Richmond area. A draft of the flyers state the reason for the wall, quote, that is, is hiding the constant public injecting and high-risk behaviours that the North Richmond Community Health don't try to control. The flyer urges residents to urgently email North Richmond Community Health to object to the project. Yeah, now the piece concludes an annual report by Public Health Research Group Pennington Institute uh, published last month shows there were 2,231 drug-induced deaths reported in Australia in 2021, mounting to one death every four hours. Of those, 1,675 were unintentional. So a bit of harm reduction Over and harm. a bit of support may Indeed, have saved, might have saved those them, people's yes. lives. The annual number of unintentional drug-induced deaths uh, surpassed the road toll. In 2014. Yeah, mm. reached the 244-page report published uh, Sunday before last. The gap between the two has continued ever since. Seven out of the ten unintentional drug overdose deaths in 2021 were men and Indigenous Australians were almost four times uh, more likely to die under those circumstances than non-Indigenous Australians. The most common uh, drug found in people's system was, systems was opioids, contributing to nearly 46% of overdose drugs in 2021. Opioids, which are prescribed as pain relief but are often linked to um, abuse, were found in 81% of deaths involving multiple substances. Deaths linked to the synthetic opioid uh, fentanyl were cited by the report as a major cause for concern after skyrocketing by more than 800% since 2001, but wow. off a very low base, fortunately. I, I'm not yes. sure the reason why Australia has been so fortunate um, compared no, to I, I North America. Either, but it's given that it's a very small amount, and in fact fentanyl has been around legally prescribed uh, as, patches as a prescription drug cancer. for people with cancer, yeah. um, which means it's been available in limited amounts, but people who've had it prescribed to them have actually been keeping it to themselves and not been providing it for the street market, if you like, or dis, uh, diverting it to the street market. Yeah, look, the Pennington Institute started producing the annual overdose report eight years ago to drive change, but its chief executive, John Ryan, said the response had been wholly inadequate compared to the scale of the problem. Mm. The time to address this national crisis is now. We already have the tools and the know-how to reduce overdose deaths. We just need to do it by implementing evidence-based solutions, supporting access to treatment and closing the gap in overdose deaths between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Drug overdose death numbers from 2021 are likely to rise further as the data is revised and finalised in coming years. Mm, the interesting thing about that, Jeffrey, and I'm sorry, I'm not feeling discriminated against, but the bit that I read that was in black was all the stuff from the so-called community activist, Ms Nevin, and the stuff that you read was actually the report from the Pennington Institute, which was based on research rather than an emotional response from two people, the neighbour across the road <laughs> and the Ms Nevin. And I'm just feeling that it's actually quite a strong negative response that has been highlighted and the end of the article is the one with the... Um, the, the research people, base yeah. or the information, the, the fact-based yeah. information. It's just um, if it was pro provided a differently, you know, reversed, yeah. the information was provided. I think 
that the media receive information in bite-sized chunks and they will cut out one part of it Indeed. if it suits their purposes. Yeah, oh, the media. I think the way happy. that article's set up, yes. How things are edited are, are crucial. Incredibly so. All right, I'll play uh, a Primal Scream up-tempo track from the Screamadelica album and it's uh, moving on up. Yes, yeah. 
right, that was Squeamadelica and uh, moving on up. It's uh, about nine minutes to midday. I just thought if we could, we'd squeeze in a report from the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights, calls for transformative change in drug policy, an ambitious new report. So it's not all uh, negative um, statements mm, coming internationally, from... Internationally, there are some quite positive responses. Mm. Yeah. Now, it's uh, put together by Anne Fordham from the International Drug Policy Consortium, which do a lot of good reports. We must stop the war on drugs. Instead, let us focus on transformative change, crafting drug policies which are based on evidence, which put human rights at the centre. That's Volker Turk, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, 66th session on the Commission of, on Narcotic Drugs. Mm. Volker Turk, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, pulled no punches, calling out the failure and the damage of the war on drugs in a powerful statement at this year's 66th session of the United Nations Commission on Narcotic Drugs. In doing so, he set the tone for a progressive Human Rights Council resolution on drug policy that was adopted by consensus a few weeks later. This resolution mandated the Officer of the High Commissioner for Human Rights to produce a contribution to an upcoming high-level meeting on global drug policy in Vienna next year. The resulting report has been formally launched in Geneva, titled, quote, Human Rights Challenges in Addressing and Countering All Aspects of the World Drug Problem, end quote. This ambitious report strongly affirms Mr Turk's uh, conviction the transformative change is urgently needed. It clearly lays out the far-reaching and severe consequences that punitive drug policies have on human rights and also notes that the global drug control regime has contributed to this trend. As explained in IDPC's analysis of the report, and you can go to IDPC and check out their website, it's got excellent stuff, mm. uh, the OHCHCR states that harm reduction is a central element of the right to health and strongly recommends the decriminalisation of drug use and possession for personal use, echoing a now long-standing recommendation from the broader UN system, as well as political commitments made to remove restrictive laws and policies in the 2021 Political Declaration on HIV-AIDS. The report also elevates the protection of Indigenous peoples' rights, an issue that's been long sidelined by the UN drug control system. Indeed, and we almost think that it was a, an intentional, intentional yeah. yeah, suppression of Indigenous rights. Wouldn't be surprised. Mm. However, the increasing global reckoning on decolonisation has brought the impact of drug control on Indigenous people into the foreground. Just a few weeks ago, Bolivia officially initiated the process for the World Health Organisation to review international constrictions on the coca leaf as racist prejudices drove its prohibition in 1961. Indeed. The boldest move in the report is the call on governments to concern uh, to consider the responsible regulation of drugs as a way of taking control of illegal drug markets because legal regulation creates a conflict with the current international drug control treaty system. UN bodies have so far shied away from recommending this policy option. Today, the UN High Commissioner has broken that taboo, making the o- the Office of Human OHACHR the first UN body to do so, and this will undoubtedly trigger an urgently needed debate at the United Nations level, as the human rights of the dr- uh, human cost of the drug war continues to mount. 133 civil society and community organisations have issued a joint statement today to welcome this historic report and the ambitious transformative agenda that the High Commissioner has outlined. The statement calls on governments, the UN and others, to act on the report's recommendations 
and use it as a catalyst to, quote, reform and rebalance the global drug control regime and national drug laws and policies. End quote. Though shying away from the issue of legal regulation, a core group of 10 countries, including Switzerland, Mexico, Albania, Brazil, Colombia, Greece, Guatemala, Paraguay, Portugal and Uruguay, welcomed the report in a joint statement at the Human Rights Council that emphasised both decriminalisation and harm reduction, a significant step forward in recognising the centrality of both policies to a human rights-based approach to drugs. It's interesting that apart from Albania and Switzerland and Greece, all the other countries are South American. It's still an increase in the number of drug countries prepared to put their name. The first time there has been a, a... Con- yes, a, a consensus statement of any kind relating to the United Nations and mm. human rights. The historical focus on punishment, criminalisation and racist, racist and colonial prejudices are zero tolerance is, and zero tolerance is untenable in the extreme. The High Commissioner has broken open a fossilised stalemate within the UN's drug control system which will build pressure to irrevocably change the terms of the drug policy debate. And that's, I just think it's That's terrific. really got some excellent really stuff in it. Really interesting and really, and would lovely to see what goes on and find out who gets invited to the next meeting in Vienna in March and whether they come up with a new statement. Look, as I say, IDPC, just tap that into your um, search, you know, search engine, yep. has enormous number of reports um, of this nature, okay. surveys, etc. Anyway, that, yeah. that's the end of the show. We'll that's, leave, yeah, leave that, that's a, a great fun. thing to end up on. It's yeah. interesting to follow that It shows up, you the gradual change. The that's right. And it can happen. It. We may start off disappointed and yep. cynical, but we've got stuff that what is else? positive You've and well worth looking hopeful. forward to. Got to stay hopeful. We'll leave you a bit of the theme song for the show, Golden Brown. We love you. Take care. See you next week. Look after your friends. Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress She's heading west From far away Stays for a day Never a 